Chapter Fourteen of Zastrozzi, a Romance. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Zastrozzi, a Romance by Percy Bysshe Shelley. Chapter Fourteen. The evening was serene. Fleecy clouds floated on the horizon the moon's full orb in cloudless majesty hung high in air and was reflected in silver brilliancy by every wave of the adriatic as gently agitated by the evening breeze they dashed against innumerable gondolas which crowded the laguna exquisite harmony born on the pinions of the tranquil air floated in varying murmurs it sometimes died away and then again swelling louder in melodious undulations softened to pleasure every listening ear every eye which gazed on the fairy scene beamed with pleasure unrepressed gaiety filled every heart but julius as with a vacant stare unmoved by feelings of pleasure unagitated by the gaiety which filled every other soul she contemplated the varied scene a magnificent gondola carried the marchesa di strobazzo and the innumerable flambeau which blazed around her rivalled the meridian sun it was the pensive melancholy julia who immersed in thought sat unconscious of every external object whom the fierce glance of matilda measured with a haughty expression of surprise and revenge the dark fire which flashed from her eye more than told the feelings of her soul as she fixed it on her rival and had it possessed the power of the basilisks julia would have expired on the spot it was the ethereal form of the now forgotten julia which first caught verezzi's eye for an instant he gazed with surprise upon her symmetrical figure and was about to point her out to matilda when in the downcast countenance of the enchanting female he recognized his long-lost julia to paint the feelings of verezzi as julia raised her head from the attitude in which it was fixed and disclosed to his view that countenance which he had formerly gazed on in ecstasy the index of that soul to which he had sworn everlasting fidelity is impossible the lethean torpor as it were which before had benumbed him the charm which had united him to matilda was dissolved all the air-built visions of delight which had but a moment before floated in gay variety in his enraptured imagination faded away and in place of these regret horror 
and despairing repentance reared their heads amid the roses of momentary voluptuousness he still gazed entranced but julia's gondola indistinct from distance mocked his straining eyeball for a time neither spoke the gondola rapidly passed onwards but immersed in thought matilda and verezzi heeded not its rapidity they had arrived at st mark's place and the gondolier's voice as he announced it was the first interruption of the silence they started verezzi now for the first time aroused from his reverie of horror saw that the scene before him was real and that the oaths of fidelity which he had so often and so fervently sworn to julia were broken the extreme of horror seized his brain a frigorific torpidity of despair chilled every sense and his eyes fixedly gazed on vacancy oh return instantly return impatiently replied matilda to the question of the gondolier the gondolier surprised obeyed her and they returned the spacious canal was crowded with gondolas merriment and splendour reigned around enchanting harmony stole over the scene but listless of the music heeding not the splendour matilda sat lost in a maze of thought fiercest vengeance revelled through her bosom and in her own mind she resolved a horrible purpose meanwhile the hour was late the moon had gained the zenith and poured her beams vertically on the unruffled adriatic when the gondola stopped before matilda's mansion a sumptuous supper had been prepared for their return silently matilda entered silently verezzi followed without speaking matilda seated herself at the supper-table verezzi with an air of listlessness threw himself into a chair beside her for a time neither spoke you are not well to-night at last stammered out verezzi what has disturbed you disturbed me repeated matilda why do you suppose that anything has disturbed me a more violent paroxysm of horror seemed now to seize verezzi's brain he pressed his hand to his burning forehead the agony of his mind was too great to be concealed julia's form as he had last seen her floated in his fancy and overpowered by the resistlessly horrible ideas which pressed upon them his senses failed him he faintly uttered julia's name he sank forward and his throbbing temples reclined on the table arise awake prostrate perjured verezzi awake 
exclaimed the infuriate matilda in a tone of gloomy horror verezzi started up and gazed with surprise upon the countenance of matilda which convulsed by passion flashed desperation and revenge tis plain said matilda gloomily tis plain he loves me not a confusion of contending emotions battled in verezzi's bosom his marriage vow his faith plighted to matilda convulsed his soul with indescribable agony still did she possess a great empire over his soul still was her frown terrible and still did the hapless verezzi tremble at the tones of her voice as in a frenzy of desperate passion she bade him quit her for ever and added she go disclose the retreat of the outcast matilda to her enemies deliver me to the inquisition that a union with her you detest may fetter you no longer exhausted by breathless agitation matilda ceased the passions of her soul flashed from her eyes ten thousand conflicting emotions battled in verezzi's bosom he knew scarce what to do but yielding to the impulse of the moment he cast himself at matilda's feet and groaned deeply at last the words i am ever yours i ever shall be yours escaped his lips for a time matilda stood immovable at last she looked on verezzi she gazed downwards upon his majestic and youthful figure she looked upon his soul illumined countenance and tenfold love assailed her softened soul she raised him in an oblivious delirium of sudden fondness she clasped him to her bosom and in wild and hurried expressions asserted her right to his love her breast palpitated with fiercest emotions she pressed her burning lips to his most fervent most voluptuous sensations of ecstasy revelled through her bosom verezzi caught the infection in an instant of oblivion every oath of fidelity which he had sworn to another like a baseless cloud dissolved away a lethean torpor crept over his senses he forgot julia or remembered her only as an uncertain vision which floated before his fancy more as an ideal being of another world whom he might hereafter adore there than as an enchanting and congenial female to whom his oaths of eternal fidelity had been given overcome by unutterable transports of returning bliss she started from his embrace she seized his hand her face was overspread with a heightened colour as she pressed it to her lips 
and are you then mine mine for ever rapturously exclaimed matilda oh i am thine thine to all eternity returned the infatuated verezzi no earthly power shall sever us joined by congeniality of soul united by a bond to which god himself bore witness he again clasped her to his bosom again as an earnest of fidelity imprinted a fervent kiss on her glowing cheek and overcome by the violent and resistless emotions of the moment swore that nor heaven nor hell should cancel the union which he here solemnly and unequivocally renewed verezzi filled an overflowing goblet do you love me inquired matilda may the lightning of heaven consume me if i adore thee not to distraction may i be plunged in endless torments if my love for thee celestial matilda endures not for ever matilda's eyes flashed fiercest triumph the exultingly delightful feelings of her soul were too much for utterance she spoke not but gazed fixedly on verezzi's countenance end of chapter 14 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey